Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good morning and welcome to the First Baptist Church in Coleraine, Massachusetts. Wherever you are, we thank you for listening, uh, watching, wherever you may be. Uh, those also listening to WLPV 97.3, also um, iTunes and the podcasts. So we just don't know how many people it reaches, but we know it's quite a few. So we thank you all for that. Today is an exciting day. We're going to start on a new book. Last week we finished uh, Paul's letter to the Hebrews, and I say Paul because I'm convinced it was him. And we'll ask him when we get there to find out if he did write it. I'm pretty convinced that he was. And now we're going to start on a new book. And I need a drum roll. We don't have any drums here. We've got some drummers, but no drum rolls. Timothy, the book of Timothy, the first book. Uh, Paul wrote two letters to Timothy. The first letter was obviously written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, between his imprisonments or house arrest while he, Paul was in Rome. He was uh, imprisoned twice. And in, in the middle, between the two imprisonments, because he was let out the first time, and obviously the second time when he was in prison, he uh, was awaiting execution and uh, he's, he was beheaded. But the, he ended up going to a place called Philippi, which is in Greece, and this is where we believe Paul wrote this first letter to Timothy. Okay, so going to get Paul. Uh, Paul, what's your name again? <laughs> Joe. Good morning, all. We're going to be on page eighteen forty-five in First Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior. And of Christ Jesus our hope. To Timothy, my true son in faith, grace, mercy, mercy, and peace from the God, Father, and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urge you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Euphrates so that you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines any longer, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, genealogies, these promote controversy rather than God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have wandered away from these and turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they were talking about or what they are so confidently affirming. We who know that the law is good if one uses it properly. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for the lawbreakers and the rebels and the ungodly and the sinful. Sorry, I lost my place and the unholy, and the irreligious. 
for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for those murderers, for adulterers and perverts, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for those whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine that conforms to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me the strength that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was so poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Jesus Christ. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save the sinners of who I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following them you may fight the good fight, holding on to faith and good conscience. Some have rejected these, and so have shipwrecked their faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. Praise God for his word. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful to be here. Thank you for those that are listening, watching, wherever you may be. And uh, we just pray that we'll be tuned in, that we won't be distracted. And uh, it's for our benefit, each one of us, this message that uh, we have prepared. And uh, there's so much to learn. And uh, we start in a new book, a new letter that Paul wrote uh, for Timothy, but it's written for the church the church made up of the body of Christ, believers. So it's for our benefit, and we need to take heed and uh, do what it tells us to do by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, uh, Paul refers to Timothy as his son because Timothy was saved uh, through Paul's teaching, preaching, when he was a teenager. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, he wasn't his real son. It's just that he was, he was given spiritual birth through the preaching of Paul when he was a teenager. Now, when he, Timothy later on, he uh, went on a missions trip with Paul when he was old enough, I guess, when he was uh, in his 20s. And uh, Paul, as I said before, was imprisoned in Rome. They were later released, and uh, Timothy was also in prison with Paul the first time. 
and um, he was able to, to, to be released and then he ended up in a place called Ephesus, which is in Turkey, where this letter was addressed. Timothy became a pastor when he was old enough. And his work, like for most pastors, it includes uh, evangelism, uh, teaching, uh, reading the scriptures, appointing elders and deacons, and standing against false teachers, false doctrine. Doctrine is teaching. Paul wrote two letters to Timothy to encourage him to continue in his faithful service to Christ by preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel truth passed on to him by God's anointed servants, and they are the apostles. So this first letter from Paul includes his uh, usual greeting. He also a warning against false teachers. He gives his own testimony partially and also words of encouragement. We all need encouraging, don't we, from day to day. The Apostle Paul has always been one of the most loved by Christians, of course, and one of the most hated by non-Christians because he never compromises the truth. He always told the truth, and the truth, some people don't want to hear it, and it's painful for them, and they don't want to come to the knowledge of the truth and change. He tells Timothy, does Paul, that it's his obligation as a pastor to stand against heresy, heresy. Biblical terms, a heretic is someone who believes and teaches contrary to what the Bible teaches and what the Bible contains. A heretic usually refers to someone who has departed from what they used to believe in and now teaching what is contrary to what they used to believe in. To be sure, Christian teachers are not to teach any other doctrine other than that was given to God's prophets by the Lord himself. God's truth has been revealed only to God's prophets by the Holy Spirit. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And if anyone tries to change it or add to it, they are false teachers and they are cursed. That's what the Bible says, Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. But even if we, Prophet Paul said, or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you. Let them be under God's curse. And he repeats it in verse 9. As we have already said, they didn't get it the first time, 
And so now say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. So it's very, very, very serious indeed to be a heretic. Paul is not afraid to tell the truth because he cared more about what God says than what people say, even if it wasn't popular. And that's why Paul is unpopular. In Galatians chapter 1, verse says, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If we were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So you either please God or you please people, but you can't do both. And that goes for pastors, evangelical, born-again, gospel-preaching, Bible-believing pastors. Evangelical pastors should not be afraid to call out heretics by name. Paul does. Call them out by name because they need to be called out for what they are and what they teach falsely because they're doing the devil's work by harming the church and leading people to hell. That's where false teaching leads people, to hell. Two examples that Paul calls out, two individuals that once purported to believe the gospel, maybe they were even saved initially, I don't know, but they became heretics. In verse 18 through 20, two men who rejected the truth of the gospel. Hynanius and Alexander. I still have a, a problem pronouncing his name. Joe did a better job. Or was it Paul? No. These heretics. Paul said that he handed over to Satan. And some of your versions say, handed over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. You remember what happened to Job in the Old Testament? Or Job was a believer. But basically, God is removing the protection of the Holy Spirit from Job. And allowed Satan to attack him and bring all sorts of diseases and calamities upon him. Why? To test his faith and to prove the devil wrong. Said so you only Job only believes you and follows you because he's got all these benefits. He's got all this land. He's got all, you know, the material wealth. And that's why he's that's why he's worshipping you. And he said, Okay, you can do everything except take his life. And of course the Lord provided all those things that he lost. To be handed over to Satan, take away God's protection and guidance on those two heretics. Handed over to Satan. Anybody who's in that position does not want to be in that position. For the destruction of the flesh. 
not to take away their lives, but to teach them, to prevent them from polluting the rest of the church through their false teaching in the hopes that they would repent. That's what it's all about. We need to pray for these people, like Paul did, so that they would repent, they would turn from their wicked ways and the error of their ways and start believing and teaching the truth that they once believed in. Come back to the truth. You know, and things haven't changed. This book is up to date. It's not an antique. It's as relevant today, the Bible is, as it was when it was first written because people are the same. People don't change, whether it's the first century or the 23rd century. There's still false prophets in our day, even in Franklin County. I've already called out two of them. I'm not going to do that because I won't give them any publicity. This is being filmed. This is being recorded. I don't care who they are. They need to be called out for what they are and what they falsely teach, what the Bible calls, and we're going to learn about this later on in this letter to Timothy, the doctrine of demons, because that's where it comes from, the doctrine of demons. And if that doesn't make me popular, then read my lips. I don't care. I really don't. Paul and it doesn't matter if you know them, it doesn't matter if you're related to them, it doesn't matter if you like them, they are to be shunned and to be prayed for until they repent and get back in line with what God teaches. Paul is a New Testament prophet, not just the Old Testament. We have prophets in the New Testament, guided, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to write down God's thoughts, not their thoughts. They had direct uh, revelation from God. He was the main theologian in the Christian church. And he wrote over a third of the New Testament. Right, So he needs to be listened to. And what he teaches, he needs, we need to heed it and follow it because it's inspired by the Holy Spirit for our benefit. Any deviation from the prophet's teaching, from Paul's teaching, is a deviation from the truth. And so he had to be stern, yet loving. He had to stand, make a stand for what is right. He had to make a stand for what is true. Anything that contradicts the apostles' teaching is heresy. Anything that contradicts the apostles' teaching is heresy. That's number seven in your handout. Knowing this fact will protect us from man's devised interpretations that are lies. So it was Timothy's task as a young pastor to protect the church from man's devised interpretations that are lies. 
He is expected, according to what Paul has instructed him to do, to keep the church of Ephesus on the right track and in line with what God teaches. And it's also Bible-believing, gospel-preaching, evangelical preachers to protect our churches from these heretics that are creeping in and doing the devil's work. So Paul is telling uh, Timothy to teach others not to teach any other doctrine that contradicts the teaching inspired by the Holy Spirit given to his prophets. The modern heretic despises Paul's teaching because he stands against immoral behavior, which isn't popular, immoral behavior that was acceptable back in his day, and immoral behavior that is becoming more and more acceptable and practice in our society today. So Paul's not very popular because he speaks out against immoral behavior that is prevalent in our society. Makes him very unpopular. He begins this letter, that's in the form of introduction. (laughs) He begins this letter, Paul, See, when we write a letter, we put it at the end, sincerely Fred. In those days, they put their name first, so you know who it was, who wrote it. Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus, by the command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. By calling himself an apostle, He doesn't take credit for being in such a privileged position. He always acknowledged that it was all of God's doing that put him into that position as an apostle. It's not his own doing. He writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 9 through 11, he says, and this shows the, the humility of Paul, he wasn't a proud turkey, For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because, why? I persecuted the church of God. It says there he was a violent man before he became a Christian. I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God I am what I am and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than them all. He worked harder than all the other apostles. Yet I, not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach and this is what you believed. He says in Ephesians chapter 3, 7 and 8, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of of God's grace, given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, 
not just the apostles. This grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. If you're not a Jew, then you're a Gentile. So when Paul writes, he writes with authority. And his preaching is uncompromising, not because he's proud, but because of his calling as one of God's chosen apostles. He has an obligation to tell the truth and fulfill his responsibility of establishing the church based on sound, godly, inspired teaching. Amen? So let me conclude. When Paul spoke, he spoke with authority, just as Jesus did. But he never thought of himself as being on the same level as the Lord. And nobody is. <laughs> nobody is. Nobody can be. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Paul said of himself in verse 15, he says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Thank God that he did. Otherwise, we'd all be lost. That's why Jesus came into the world, to save sinners. And then he goes on to say, of whom I am the worst. This is the Apostle Paul. In other words, I, the chief of sinners. I'm the chief of sinners. Is that the humility of the man? He's not proud at all. He, he never pretended to be perfect, because nobody is. He never pretended to know everything, only God does. Only what God revealed to him, that's what he teaches. It's not his own ideas. It's not his own opinions. His teaching is simple, even we can understand it. It's simple, it's practical, and we'll see this more and more as we study this letter, this first book, if you like, this first letter to his dearly beloved son, Timothy. So he states his apostleship, not because Timothy had any doubt of Paul's authority. Of course he didn't. He knew Paul was the great apostle. It's not just a friendly letter to Timothy. It's an official letter that would be a guide to the church back then in the first century and also for our church in the 23rd century. Like I said, it's just as relevant today as the day it was written because God hasn't changed. Amen? Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And people haven't changed. It's an official letter for all of us to learn and to put into practice. Very practical. I love it. The church needs to recognize its authority. 
And it's the pastor's obligation to teach no other doctrine other than what's given to God's apostles by their inspiration from the Holy Spirit. Any deviation from that is heresy. Have we made that point? So, that concludes this introduction to 1 Timothy chapter 1. I hope that you're looking forward to studying through this letter just as much as I'm looking forward to teaching it. Lord willing, we always say Lord willing because we don't know if we've, we've got another day on planet Earth, do we? So we'll make it count while we do. Amen? Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's true. We thank you that you raised up people like the Apostle Paul who thought he was doing God a favor by persecuting the church, believers in Jesus Christ. He persecuted them. He witnessed them being stoned to death, like the first deacon, Stephen. He uh, had people, Christians, thrown in jail, men, women, and children, because he believed that they were a cult. He was steeped in uh, religion, a Pharisee, uh, he knew the Old Testament back to front and tried to live, out, live it out, but he never realized who the Lord Jesus Christ was until you revealed yourself to him by your grace on the road to Damascus, and then he was completely changed, transformed, became a new man. Old things were passed away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what happens when a person trusts Jesus Christ as their personal savior. The blinders are taken off when we see the light and the truth that who Jesus is and why he came. The purpose to save sinners of whom we are the worst. But thank God. Once we become a Christian, you don't see our sins anymore. You see Jesus in us. And uh, we are righteous. We are as though we have never sinned, even though we do while we're living in this mortal body. But you see us righteous. And that way we can enter into your holy heaven. And there's no condemnation. There's no eternal judgment to those that are in Christ Jesus because of your grace, the fact that you revealed your Son to us through your Holy Spirit. And I hope and pray, those of you that listen to this message and you haven't received Jesus as your Savior, you can simply believe and call upon Jesus' name. Ask him to save you because you're a sinner and give you a home in heaven when you die. And the only, place, only way that you can get to heaven is by receiving Jesus who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes unto the Father but through me. Amen. So if you like this message and you're watching it on YouTube or Facebook, give us a thumbs up. Amen. Thank you and God bless you all. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. 
We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.